Welcome, everybody, to the Men for Life show. Uh, my name is Andrew Jacoby. I have my uh, good buddy and sponsor into Catholic Church, Pete DeMaio, here. What's up, everybody? And uh, today we are going to do a debrief on our last... We just finished our conversation with Father Matthew Beatricki, and it was amazing. Awesome. So great. Thank you, Father B. Uh, we've committed you on the air to a part two, so we have that evidence of that, so we will be... Um, uh, reaching out to you for that, but we just were so inspired that we wanted to just go over a little bit about our thoughts and because we only had an hour with the father and we'd love to, there's so much meat to that episode, Pete. It was so awesome. So please go listen to that. But as normal, we will start off, Pete will start us off in prayer and then we'll we'll dive into our debrief on the Father Beadrigi episode. In the name of the Father <clears throat> and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer them. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Great. Wow. Pete, so powerful, the Father. What was your, what, give us your quick hit, Pete. What, what did you think about the episode that we did with the Father? Well, first and foremost, um, we're in the podcast studio here, and we have couches now today rather yeah, than tables. Yeah, it's awesome. So, yeah, it's we're comfy. comfortable. I kicked my shoes off. I have my socks <laughs> on. <laughs> Pete's making himself comfortable at the podcast studio. <laughs> Secondly, um, deep and practical. Yeah. Good, yeah, it's a good way to present it for sure. What struck you the most about um, what he had to share? I think Father Beadricky brings something um, unique and special because he's a young priest. Yeah, and it's so nice to hear that level of like theological depth and their own, um, I guess, uh, formation. I don't know if that would be the best word, but their own depth of. You know, like, I guess that would, I guess that's the yeah. best thing. They're, they're so well formed and they're just, I don't know. And, and here he is, you know, I don't know how many years ago, five years ago, eight years ago, you know, 10 years ago, he was a Temple University student. So yeah, it's just, that was it, so powerful. Yeah. I don't know. And then, but when you can take all of that knowledge that he has and then just tie it right into everyday life for us, for a college kid, for a high school kid guy or girl you know or absolutely or even and and it transcends all age because it's like it doesn't matter if you're an 80 year old listening to this right now a lot of that still applies so 100 percent. i thought that when he asked me he reached out to me and asked when i when we and he was actually gonna do the podcast he's like what should we talk about and i said i think the most powerful thing at least for me would be to hear how you turn from like you see the fruits of the culture of death as a Temple University student, you definitely could have gone that way, and somehow the Lord blessed you, and you went a different way. So how did you do that? It, I didn't do that until I was like almost 50 years old, mm-hmm. and you figured that out way early. And, and as you know, with this podcast, we're trying to reach men, and especially young men, although any of age, look, please come to the Lord at any age, but um, the, especially younger men— who's sitting there at a school like, you know, where I went to like Cheltenham High or some school where just they're just saturated with 
the culture of death. It's everywhere. It's a completely sexualized culture. It's completely normalized. I mean, we're to the point where people are chopping off body parts and all kinds. I mean, like we're just at like a level that's that's like on ten. It's on like eleven. You know, it's like our son Nikki's girlfriend is telling us uh, that at their public high school. Uh, that they're they're petitioning for kitty litter boxes in the bathrooms because. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I don't know what to say. Awesome. Sorry, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. That's terrible. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> sorry, we're sorry, everyone. Yeah, that's apologies, but that is hilarious. <laughs> That's where we are as a that's society. Exactly. That you just need, that's just, that's the anecdote for the Men for Life <laughs> podcast, guys. <laughs> the end. They should, you know what they should put on that kitty litter is the culture of death. Like, they should put that as a sign, you know, like one of those, you can write on it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I wish, uh, I wish we were alive. Right, oh. We should make this a product swag, culture of death, kitty litter bins for high school. Catch it. Check out our new swag. It's going to be if you want Men for Life merch, you have to get the, the culture of death. Right. Your choices are you get the John Paul II socks or the culture of death kitty litter bin. Those are your choices. Oh my gosh. That's the. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. Thank you, Andrew. No problem. Uh, so anyway, so okay, so bring it back down to earth. So that, so that's yeah. So how does she? I mean, obviously, maybe that's the best. The kitty litter box is the best example. It's like, is that what you're looking for? Is that where you want to go? Get a real peep back in. He's cracking up. Oh, if anyway, we were on video, we would yeah, have to shut yeah, this off and start video. over. Right now, which is look, it's there's sometimes you just have to laugh. So yeah, you just have to laugh. Um. And um, so, yeah, so so that to me, that was really powerful in, in Father Beatrice's testimony. It was like his testimony of I saw I saw and that, I didn't think about this, but it wasn't that he he had this. <laughs> sorry, he's still thinking about the kitty litter swag. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, that is really funny. Oh my um, God. <laughs> the, can't make this stuff up. people. Right. No, you can't make that up. So the the idea of that he it wasn't that some book he read he saw a group of Christians living, so he saw what it looked like to live the right way, and it was obvious to him, in the contrast to Kitty Litterland, that the way that the Christians were living was much more was just better. I think there's just no way, other way of putting it. And that really helped draw him in. And then he went to the conference and then he saw Christ in the Eucharist. I wanted to ask him if he actually saw a vision of it or if he just realized it, but I didn't, I didn't father in part two, we'll get to that. So that was, that was really powerful. Do you have any thoughts on sort of how his story can relate to a young person, maybe listening? That's what struck me right away. Honestly, was that um, when he, he actually said he didn't realize, I don't even think he realized what he was saying necessarily. Of course he knows what he was saying, but I meant that the significance of what he was saying that he said, I didn't realize that there was a third way. And I, I feel like that's actually what we're all presented with is we're presented with these two ways in society. Right. And 
and then it's like, but no one is showing us the actual third path through Christ. And that's right. what Father Beadricky described. And it's, you know, and I know that from my own life too was, um, I, I think I battled that for a good solid, you know, 25, almost 30 years, not realizing that, oh, no, 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 this other way, this wasn't option number two of being a good person like he described. No, 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 this is option number three. This is a whole new different life. Right. Like, you take it to another level. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, that really, that struck me because that, that resonated with me big time. Yeah, I think that that's interesting because I, I hadn't thought about that. That was something else that came out was this idea that what's mostly presented and I, is this, okay, you can do whatever you want, sort of go full, all in on the culture of death, do whatever you want, sex relations, how you want, masturbation, drugs, whatever, whatever. And then the other thing is that you, you just sort of don't do that. And you're kind of like, oh, I just want to be a good person. Why would you do it that way? Meaning the third because way is Because at that point, compelling. you're the fool. You know what yeah, I mean? You're, you're the, like, yeah, you're the one I doing do? it in moderation, so you're not having as much fun as you could be, right? right like you're exactly. the one who's enslaved right. because you right. actually have to... You're think. neutral at best. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're neutral right. at best. Yeah, you're the sucker, honestly. Right. Like, oh... You know, you're not partying every weekend like we are. You right. know what I mean? Right. Or like, you know, it was like it was like Henry Hill in that um, in the Goodfellas movie. He's like, yeah, the talk normal, language, normal guys brother. were suckers, man. They were suckers. I could just be the mobsters were getting it all done. Like they were having fun. Everybody else is just a sucker. So he didn't see that there's this other way. You know that in and of itself, Andrew. That's exactly what I was describing. Thank you. You just hit the nail on the head. Um, for any of you who like mafia movies, I mean, yeah. you know, we're, we like, you yeah. know, grew up on them. That's yeah. like our, Good our wheelhouse. Great movie. Yeah. It, one of Trisha's favorites. So great movie. seen that a ton of times and that's exactly what it is, is I'm going to operate over here really in evil, you know? Yeah. And doing things that are just, just wrong. And, and that's fine because that's fun. I'm winning. I'm winning over here, you know? And then, but if not, you're the sellout. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, and even to go to another um, um, mafia movie, Bronx Tale, you know, sees father who's a bus driver. Do you know Bronx Tale? Yeah, sure. No? It's Robert De Niro. Yeah. So Robert De Niro is the bus driver in a Bronx Tale, and he's trying to teach his son not to go into the mafia. And they're wearing the fancy suits, and they have the bar on the corner. And here he's looking at his dad like his dad is the sucker because he's the bus driver. And his dad is trying to impress upon C that it's, no, the working man, you know, is the real man, the one who goes to work every day and comes home to mm -hmm. his, you know, his family and all that. But that's what we're presented with is it's almost like the, the you know, <clears throat> that dichotomy of the, you know, doing whatever you want, you know, even if it's dogs eating dogs world, you know, and just taking from others and getting what you want versus, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, but it's not pre or I'm not going to live that way. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be like, um, oh, gosh, what was his name in, in Bronx Tale, his father? Robert De Niro. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> or I'm going to be like that. The Robert De Niro character. But that is being pitched to all of us that if you're like the actual married couple that stays married you know yeah, like you're a sucker. yeah you're the dad who actually like cares about their kids you know what i mean like yeah you're the sucker you're the sellout right. you're the one who's like you just said like they were the what are they what did he say in goodfellas again you're the they're call? suckers yeah. yeah they were like yeah they were suckers and that's the thing that you don't get is that that's so interesting that father beadrick talked about is that there is that with christ is the third way that there's this better life there's this elevated life 
and all that other stuff is sort of the husk of that. The good guy in the in the Bronx Tale is the, he doesn't have the reason why. And even Father Beatrice mentioned that in his story. He was like, I wasn't given that. I was only given the husk up to then. So like I went to mass and I was a Catholic. I went to Catholic school, but still. I wasn't catechized correctly. I wasn't given the tools to know what is available through Christ really by really living in the right way, by really living a, Christ, a fully Christian life. And so if you're listening to this and you're a young man, the, the, what Father Beatrice was saying is that if you give your life to God, if you give your life to that, to love, then you have, you, you're going to live, the, you're going to, this peace that passeth understanding this joy is the result and and that's so much better than kitty litter land so much better yeah because the kitty litter land is being pitched to us as the freedom until you go down that rabbit hole and then you're stuck yeah totally enslaved to sin right you know not realizing how you got there as you always say, Andrew, I mean, my goodness, just go to Kensington. Yeah, just Google Ken. Yeah, look on YouTube, Kensington. When yeah, when we're walking through the streets with the Sisters of Life, you know, and people are literally zombies and shooting themselves in the arm with needles, you know, and blood yeah. dripping down, like, that person is not liberated. <laughs> you yeah. know, that is not freedom. That's right. Or as Father Beadricki had said, even look to our flesh, the incarnate. Being addicted to masturbation and not even be able to make it one day, two days, three days, week to week from confession. I mean, that was a big deal for me at first was like, all right, let me just make it seven days until next confession, right. next week's right. confession. Can right. I can I get to confession next without, Saturday right. without, without having, having to say, say this sin again? Like, that's where we are. We're so enslaved. We can't even make it seven days. You talk to this culture of, of alcoholics. I mean, it's right. like, you know. It's like the concept of giving up alcohol for Lent, which I've done. You know, right. it's like, my goodness, why is that a big deal for us to give up alcohol for right. 40 days? I mean, it's just it's so we're trapped in it. And, and and until something goes just really wrong, Andrew, it's almost like we don't even realize that we're enslaved and trapped. hundred percent. So if you're a young guy and you're sitting here listening to this and you're and you're you're sort of there's some voice inside of you that's looking around you and saying that this isn't right, then know that that voice is, tr is telling you the truth, that you can look at the fruits of Kitty Litter Land, and that's a joke, but the real, the re it's not a joke, it's real, but it, look around you. We have people that, are, there's 100,000 drug overdose death last year in the United States. There's tw uh, 2,500 to 3,000 babies killed as the result of essentially like, an end stage con contraceptive device, right? It's like abortion. We're okay. I didn't, I didn't catch it in the condom. So now I'm going to like the babies, just another, I'm just going to sort of contracept kill, by kill, killing the child. Yeah, kill you before yeah, you're born. Exactly. Oh, wait a second. Or even after you're born. Right. Cause in Maryland right. we'll even pass that right. for seven exactly. days. And in California, exactly. 28 right. days, right? Right. Suicidality through the roof. Um, medica medicalization, meaning um, psychiatric medication through the roof, 25, 30% of young people on this stuff. And I would submit to everyone who's listening that that is not happiness. Exactly. Right. So, so yeah, you're getting pitched it because the, and the sales pitch seems good. You're like, cause what, who doesn't want immediate pleasure? But what the, what, 
Father Beatrice was talking about and what we're trying to explain to you through the Men for Life show is that the culture of life, a life lived um, the correct way, the way that the church lays out for us is much better. And it's not, so it's not that the rules are there to hurt your freedom. The rules are there to make you free because we have a, as Pete just mentioned, we have a, we have a, a twisted idea of freedom. We, we become slaves to our passions. We become slaves to our addictions and freedom means to be able willing and able to do what's right. And you have that voice inside of you. You know what's right. You know that it just, you know, it's not right to sit there and look at pornography when you're, you know, you're seeing some poor girl, you know, who knows if she's actually there on her own free will or if she's a slave of some sort, because there's a huge percentage of sex slavery that's happening in this, in this world. You know that that's not right. Listen to that voice. And that's to me what was really powerful what Father Beatrice was talking about. And Devin Schott, the author of uh, Fatherhood, he speaks to that, that box, the voice. That's mm-hmm. our calling. That's the Father calling us. So as yeah. you said, Andrew, for anyone who's listening, young men and young ladies, that little voice inside of us that most would call our conscience, that's what that is. That's mm-hmm. God the Father calling us and yeah. saying, hey, I want you over here. You that's know? right. Come over here Amen. with me. This is true freedom over here. Amen. And Grace Longo, I think, expressed this. Per- hey, Grace, we miss you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get you on for number three soon. She's it's be like the Grace Longo show by the end of this. <laughs> she's wonderful because she was trapped in this culture as a young girl and doesn't mind speaking to it just as a high school student two years ago. And all in a matter of of one to two years, she now, most importantly, came to know Christ which is what Father Beadricky described. And that was also. her message to mm-hmm. know Christ. Remember in her first episode, she was like, know the person of Jesus Christ. That's your answer. Yeah, not go through the routines of being, you know, a Christian. You know, right. not like, you know, not be Catholic and just go through the, you know, the, the routine or the ritual. That's not what it is. Father right. Mike Schmitz does an incredible job with this where, where he says, we're inclined to give everyone the rules but it's not the rules. It's the relationship. We need to give everyone the relationship. Amen to so, that. And that's you hard. and I know that, Andrew. That's the... Just, I didn't fully get it until... And that's the third way. That's what Father B was describing. The third way is the relationship with Christ, where now I'm willing to do something that I wasn't willing to do before, not out of fear, out of love. Bronx right. Tale, by the way. Yeah. Bronx Tale reference. What's more powerful, fear or love? Fear's temporary. Love is yeah, permanent. Eternal. Yeah. Yeah. And so but who if you're listening to this, this is your first episode you're listening to. We're referencing Grace Longo. There's an episode with Grace. She's a wonderful young lady. Um, please go listen to that episode, uh, both one parts and one and two, and we'll be having a part three with Grace. She's awesome. Um, the other thing that was interesting about the Father Beadricky episode was this idea that his theology professor in seminary talked to him about it all goes back to the garden. To simplify this for you people out there, it all goes back to the garden. We've been given in this life a great gift by our Lord. And the only thing, but, but dot, 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 and we don't get to make the rules. You don't get to decide what, that, what you want to do is the law. That's just not the way that this works. And so the culture of death is where you're deciding, you're making all of the decisions about you do whatever you do you 
And that's the entire culture that we have. You do you. What if, if you have this desire internally, by the very fact that you have it, you have to, like, your authentic life is living out whatever just come bubbles up. So if you want to, whatever, masturbate, that's like whatever. It's like you're, you know, it, it must be good because you want to do it in a way. That's the sort of culture that we live in. That's the philosophy of it, that you have this authenticness inside of you that, that, that needs to come out, needs to be expressed. Whereas what... And if you don't believe that, well, then that's some in some way like hate or intolerance or something right. like that. Right. And <clears throat> Father Beadricki hit on that also because when you asked him, what do you, if you had to categorize or sum it up at Temple University when you were a student, like what stuck out most? What was interesting is he said moral relativism. Yeah, totally. Moral relativism. Exactly. So, you know, for anyone who doesn't fully, you know, understand that concept, you know, of moral relativism or what a relativist is, I would encourage you to look it up. Chris Stefanik has a, you know, a great book and to dig a little bit deeper in there. But it was this concept and Father Frank Pavone is the first one who introduced that concept to me all the way back 17 years ago. And it was... It was the person who's telling you not to push your values on them is actually pushing their lack of values on you. Exactly, which but, is the values, right? Yeah. Right, but they're doing it in a very pushy way. Right. So I'm not allowed to push my values on you, but you're allowed to push your lack of values on me and tell me not to be pushy. Right. Wait a second. Time out. Yeah, exactly. There's no way yeah, you, have to, you have to have a set of principles that you live by and so if their principles are there are no principles but we have to you know so that but except for this sort of like weak tolerance of everybody except dot 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 except for you christo fascist yeah right <laughs> right that's the topper yeah right. hate has no home here except when i want to hate you for right, being exactly loving. <laughs> so there's all these so yeah you have like islamo fascist you have homophobic oh no you have islamophobic you have homophobic but you don't have Christophobic. So it's totally okay to hate on Christianity. It's totally okay to hate on what we're talking about, on the culture of life. It's, it's okay. The culture of death, in fact, must hate on it because it must, when it sees the light, it doesn't, that's the last thing that it wants. It doesn't, it even, it even must, as you wrote more relativism, it even fights against the idea of truth itself. Mm-hmm. Of that there is a two plus two really equaling four. So, That's not acceptable. So funny you said that, Andrew. I literally was about to say that. I'm talking with a friend of mine yesterday, and she she operates in that world. So if I say something, it's like her, she has total intolerance. Now, I listen to her all the time, and I don't have an intolerance towards her. But she has an intolerance towards me for speaking truth. And that's And there's the weird part is... If I was sitting in a classroom and someone wrote 2 plus 2 equals 1, 2 plus 2 equals 2, 2 plus 2 equals 3, 2 plus 2 equals 4, 2 plus 2 equals 5, the only one that's correct when I'm looking at the board is 2 plus 2 equals 4. By saying that, and that's truth, and if you don't want to acknowledge it, if you don't want to acknowledge God, you still have to acknowledge that that's a mathematical fact. Right. And it's not someone's opinion and that's agreed upon, just right. like biology. Right, exactly. <laughs> that, but that is this intolerance thing. And I think that for me, when you say we don't get, if we go back to the garden, that's how I was under, able mm. to understand it in my own head. And I think, it, you know, for me, I'm a math guy. So, but 
when God says to us that two plus two isn't four, two, I'm sorry, two plus two is four, he doesn't hate us. <laughs> right. He's the loving father. Right. He's telling us that two plus two does not equal three. It does not equal five. It equals four. And that's a rule to live by. Why? Because he hates me? Right. Because he's judging me? Because right. he's intolerant of me? No, right. it's because he loves me and he wants me to have know the truth and know the fact. What yeah. are those other truths? And that's what that episode was with Father mm -hmm. Beadricki is how do I get to live my best life? Right. And so the, the idea is, so the first lie of the culture of death is that there is no truth, which is strange because it starts out in a contradiction. It's making a truth claim about there being no truth. Yes. So it's like this complete circuit. The whole world is caught in this insane circular reasoning that makes no sense. And that's so, and, and that in some ways that's the point. The point is that, is that, um, is that if you want to live this, if you want to, if the, if you want to sort of quote unquote, liberate your, all of your desires, then you have to ignore the consequences of that in a certain way. Like you're sort of, you, you, you have to, we talked about the end with Father Beadricki. We can't acknowledge what we all know to be true, that the baby in the womb is a baby. We all know, it. common sense, you don't need to be a Christian to recognize that human beings, when they reproduce, produce other human beings. There's no other thing they can, in principle, do. The most simple common sense, and we look, just look at the dancing that has to go on. Look at the euphemisms that have to happen. All of these words, oh, it's just choice. What does that mean? What are you talking about? Choice. Right. Choosing what? There's like choices, planned parenthood. Like these are, you, we have to, per, it's the attempt to purposely obscure reality is the basis of this culture that we're talking about. It's right. We, we, it's human nature, as Father B had, had explained, to have an appetite. Now, what we have to make sure is that that appetite is ordered and ordered rightly. It's also human nature to have a disordered appetite. It's right. part of our brokenness. Acknowledging and recognizing that helps us to actually go to order. Knowing that two plus two does not equal three helps me to get right. to the truth that two right. plus two is four. Knowing that I have a disordered appetite as a human being. So, of course, when I see something like pornography on my phone, I'm going to be attracted to it. That's a really beautiful women wearing like almost no clothing, right? Of course, I'm going to be attracted to it. Ordering my appetite means I scroll off of that and put my phone down, you know, right. not that right. I, I go further. And that's where, like you're saying, Andrew, society needs to erase that because in order for their truth to be correct, they need to say that the disordered appetite is actually the ordered appetite or they need to say there's no such thing as appetite. At, that's no, where they yeah, go. Yeah, there's no appetite they at go. all. There doesn't exist. It's well, not there, real. There's no such. Well, they don't they wouldn't accept the idea that. That there's a right and wrong in general, except for this weird thing of like, of acceptance of all sorts of deviance, essentially, of just I mean that I, I, it's even hard to express the philosophy because it's there's there's a lack of there seems to be a sort of lack of coherence to it. It's just sort of like I'll do whatever I want, and you can't tell me not to. Right. So uh why and why and and why shouldn't I? Because I'm the one making all the rules and you have to accept the fact that my rules are true. But what if they're not true? What if you're saying, what if you're out there saying two plus two equals three? It doesn't matter. 
they're my rules. They're my exactly. rules, exactly. And here's the topper. How's your bridge with the, your guy with the bridge, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> how's that bridge treating you with the two plus two equals three? How's that working for you? It, and so going back to the garden, Andrew, is that was the foundation of all sin was that I am God. Yeah. Is God doesn't get to tell me what fruit to eat or not eat. It's And the devil tempts them because the devil is the father of lies and tempts them. Is that what God truly told you? Did God truly say, or does God know that you will become like God? Yeah. And obviously they did not become like God. And so there's the... You know, there's the challenge that we're met with. That's the rub. Yeah. And Bill Maher just said something very, very interesting um, just recently. He said, and this is Bill Maher we're talking about. Yeah. So we're not talking He's about coming some, around. Yes. Yeah, so we're not talking about some like highly uh, conservative Christian here. He said, if kids knew what they wanted to be at age eight, the world would be filled with cowboys and princesses. I wanted to be a pirate. Thank God nobody took me seriously and scheduled me for eye removal and peg leg surgery. Right. Amen, Bill. Way to be. Um, so we got we're gonna wrap it up. This is just a short sort of debrief episode. Um, but it was a wonderful episode with Father B. Highly recommend you listening to it. Um, he gives a great testimony of choosing culture of life, especially surrounded by a culture of death. That we really, and that's our whole goal on this podcast, is to sort of have to hopefully the Lord will speak into your heart and you will recognize it, that that voice inside that knows right from wrong is, that's your path. That's where you're supposed to go. You know what's right and wrong. It's real. Andrew, you said that to me when we got done. You said the culture of death the foundation of it is lies. Exactly. And all we need to do is just check the results on all of the pleasure seekers. If we check the results on all the pleasure seekers, we're not seeing happiness. Yeah, obviously. We're seeing insanity, essentially. That's yeah. what it is. It's insanity. Not true happiness, because the pleasure is fleeting. It only lasts so long, mm. and then you have to go after the next pleasure and the next pleasure and the next pleasure, mm. whatever that is, whether we're speaking sexually, whether we're speaking about alcohol and drug abuse, whether we're speaking about it. cheating, whether you know, whatever the case is. It's All gambling. It. I mean, you name it. All so that high only lasts so long, the pleasure. Amen. And that's what Father... Theodricky described that's the concupiscence, which would be the theological term. It's that desire for that. Amen. And then to reorder that, that to desire. God. Yeah, yeah, to God, which is where I can only personally share, and I'm sure, Andrew, as we're wrapping up here, I'm so much happier now. I met Trisha when we were 15 years old, and we started dating then. We did what the world taught us for 10, 12 years, and we've lived this last 18 years married and we have seven children. And as you said, Andrew, That's I run my amazing. own business. And, you know, and I do as much of this um, work as I you know, possibly can. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm actually life. genuinely happy. Like yeah. if I I've told my parents, I've told our family, if I die tomorrow, I want you guys to know I'm genuinely happy. I got to do what I really wanted to do with life. Amen. Not what I was out chasing around for those first. You, you know. hear that, young men? You hear that? Listen to that. How about we end in prayer, Pete? What do you got? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. God, thank you so much for having Father Beadricky on with us for the last episode. Um, the goal is to not only evangelize, but to catechize and to do that with 
um, not our human wisdom or human truth, but with your truth and your wisdom. And we thank you for the gift of some of our most wonderful, devout, holy priests. Um, we look forward to having more of them on with us as guests. We look forward to engaging our youth um, so that they can be with us as well. And we can have these these deep, real conversations. Uh, thank you so much for bringing Andrew and I together. And we ask you to continue to bless this ministry and bring this to as many um, souls as possible. And as always, we ask this in your son, Jesus's name. Amen. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. St. Paul. Sorry. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Pete.